if I can teach you how to make $100,000 every month, that now puts you at $1.2 million every year. And if I want to teach you that and I charge you $10,000 to give you the exact blueprint and strategy that you can start up today, and in 60 days, I guarantee you, you're going to make your first $20,000. In the next, let's say, five months, you're going to hit your $100,000 mark. Like the best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have a really great guest today, Mr. Mr. Ike. Would Can you, you guys clap, please? <laughs> Wait, what do you do? <laughs> Listen, sound effects. <laughs> Don't call me Mr., just so you know. I'm Ike. Don't call you Mr. What's up with Mr.? I'm in the entertainment industry. I've been there for so long, so I just get used to first names. Okay. No matter how old you are, Steven Spielberg is still Steven Spielberg. That's facts. I remember mm. the first time I started working for a corporation, and it's like, I'm so used to, hi, Mrs. Jones, which you, <laughs> that power dynamic is there, and then yeah. you get to there, and it's like, oh, no, just call me Jim. I just want to be reachable and accessible. Yeah, you got yeah. a real cool, common, collected like personality, so I'm really excited to get into this. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself to the public? Okay, my name is Ike, and um, Ike Okogu, and I just help entrepreneurs uh, find clarity, convey, and convert their offers, you know, pretty much, to scale their businesses to six, seven figures a month. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You always make it sound so simple. And then even when you're teaching, everything is like so, so easy. You should be able to teach it like a kindergartner to it. And that's what they say. Like, if you know what you're doing. I think what people do not understand is the more you learn, the key things you got to learn how to encode that information so people can decode it. Yeah. And one of the things that I use, guys, is Hemingway app. Hemming, which is H-E-M-M-I-N-G, Way app. What it does is you can literally take everything that you write and um, put it on an app. And when you do that, it's a web app. It's just going to tell you who you're talking to. If it says 14th grader, then you want to bring it down to 5th or 6th grader. Oh, you're talking about your audience? Yeah, you're talking about communication, period. Mm -hmm. Using big words, don't, it's all jargons. It doesn't yeah. work no more. So... Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. So what I did to retrain my brain from trying to sound too educated mm. is just learn how to be a better communicator. So I used Emmyway app whenever I type up something or I think of something, I put it on the app, and he just tells me, tells me, dude, you're speaking to a 12th grader. I, whatever you have to offer as a business person, has to be appealing to a fifth grader. Mm. Because most people have kids and they just want their kids to say, okay, what's this guy talking about? Go listen to him and tell me. If the kid don't understand the concepts that you teach, then stop teaching. Wow. So, so let's get into a little bit what you do. What are the concepts that you teach as a financial coach? Would you say financial coach is what you would go by? I'll say business coach. Business coach. Um, with business, there's financial. Mm -hmm. And why I say business is my concepts really work for people who want to get their finances straight. But ultimately, my concepts work better for people who want to get their finances straight and learn how to make their finances work for them. 
And those are typically entrepreneurs. So I'll rather say business. Okay, yes. got you. Mm -hmm. So what are some of like the core concepts that you teach when it comes to... Um... I basically teach four moves that you can make on any business, the concepts, four moves. And these four moves are lead generation, lead conversion, customer ascension, and lastly, customer retention. So these are concepts that if you apply to your business, you can scale your business way faster than you think. Yeah, absolutely. As a new entrepreneur, the first thing that, well, what we, we get really excited when we build our website. We're like, yeah. ooh, got my website, I'm a business owner now. Yeah. And it's like, no, the, you, if you're not doing any revenue generating activity, that's the first step, the lead generation. Yes. And if you're not generating leads, then you're not actually generating revenue. Yeah, it all depends on the kind of entrepreneur you are because mm. there are four types of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. my, my mentor taught, taught me that. Um, listen, if you have a low ticket item and you have low volume, low tickets, pretty much $20, $50, less than $100 item or goods or service, and you probably service let's say a hundred people, mm -hmm. you're not an entrepreneur, I'm sorry. I hate to break it to them, <laughs> but you're a entrepreneur. A entrepreneur, you wanna yes. be at the level of an entrepreneur. Yeah, the level of entrepreneur is you have a high ticket item that starts pretty much from $300 to $3,000 or $10,000, and maybe you service low volume. Mm -hmm. Now, welcome, you just became an entrepreneur. Okay. But taking it to the next level, it might be easy for a lot of people who have low ticket item, but now you got to think of how do I service a million people? And what we choose to call that is Waltrepreneur. We got the name, we coined the name from Walmart. Yes. Sam Walton. Yes. So Waltrepreneur, definitely he made a lot of money. He made billions of dollars doing that, you know, little margins, but high volume. And that's why the first level that I teach is most important because not everybody can think of high ticket items, but yes. everybody has that t-shirt they want to sell and all that. Mm -hmm. So I teach you how to master lead generation so you can move from low volume to high volume. And the highest level you want to get to is how do you have a high ticket item offer um, or product or service that you sell to high volume. So I'm talking about you having a $10,000, 21000 50000 $100,000 service yes. or product. Mm -hmm and you sell to a million people. That's when the game is totally different. Yeah. Yes. So the journey that you're talking about, where it's like, you know, everybody wants to sell a t-shirt and yes. some people start there, which is a, a lot of people's journey. But when I talk a lot to my colleagues and like past um, coworkers that in corporate spaces, yeah. my thought is we as corporate employees, right? You're already making $100,000 and you're afraid to go into entrepreneurship because one, you don't want to just go into selling t-shirts and then go into low volume, low um, ticket items. Yeah. I feel like there's an entry point for corporate employees to be able to go into high ticket, um, maybe high ticket, low value, lo low volume. Yeah. So is it, do you teach that everybody has to start from the bottom or from a corporate pr perspective, can they enter in at I, any level? I, I teach offer, offer stacks, offer stacking. Mm -hmm. And for me, you got to have a broad eye view. And listen, I can teach you from the get-go to have a high ticket item. Mm -hmm. People just don't understand how to get there. Yeah. And that's why we have strategies. Like I told you before we started the show, you applying tactics without a strategy mm -hmm. is a waste of effort yeah. and a waste of time. Yeah. And you applying strategies without tactics, or you knowing the strategies that I teach you without applying the tactics, is a waste of opportunities. So yeah. if you really want to make 
your life way better, mm -hmm. just know what the strategies are. Because the problem a lot of people have is this. And I'll ask you, if you want to learn how to cut hair like Bob, where do you go to? Who do you go to rather? A master barber. Okay. So if you want to learn how to bake, who do you go to? A master baker. So why do you go to your friends and family or why do people go to friends and family mm -hmm. to learn how to make a million dollars? There are people who make a million dollars every day. Yeah. So just learn from somebody. If you want to make $100,000, go to somebody who makes $100,000. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people just want to learn from friends and family and they get, um, they try to figure it out themselves. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of figuring anything out because yeah. when I moved to the United States from Africa, being an entrepreneur, I became an entrepreneur really young and I'm talking in my teen days. And I've never worked for anybody, and I'll never work for anybody. Never. Okay. And moving to America, I slowed down a little bit. It took me about two, three years to kind of understand um, the terrain mm -hmm. because it was a different space for me. And most people were worried for me back then, saying, Oh, you moved out there, you shut down your businesses, you moved out here, and what are you doing in America right now? I'm like, I'm learning. I was trying to buy courses, get mentors, because I know one thing for a fact. People have been programmed to believe making money is an art. No, it's a science. science. There are strategies, there are blueprints, and if you apply them, you get the same result over and over again. What science? I should be able to put it, test it, and have the same result or close to the same result all the time. So if I cannot repeat the process, then it's not science. Yeah. And there are people who just understand and know patterns and know how to read patterns. And if you understand that, buy into a coach that's going to teach you that and you would save yourself, I'm talking about, a lot of time. Absolutely. You know, skip the line. It's facts. Skip the line. When, when I think about one of the biggest struggles, some of the biggest struggles when it, goes to, when it comes to transitioning into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. especially when you go from corporate you're already at that salary. You feel like you have to. You have to. You feel like you have to um, sacrifice, right? Your way of living because you don't understand that gap that you're that you're trying. People are you trying to fill. So can we debunk a little bit of the pricing strategy? Because I think first thing, the thing that I teach people is you don't even have to leave your job to get started. People mm -hmm. think you have to leave your job to get started. No. First, it's not even a pricing issue. The reason why people can't find the right price to whatever they offer is one, like I said, they do not have a strategy or gotcha. they do not know the strategy. Mm -hmm. And second, because they do not understand the, the level of transformation that the offers that they have or products that they have creates in the minds of people. Let me give you an instance. Absolutely. Even if I'm just coming into this space, if I can teach you how to make $100,000 every month, that now puts you at $1.2 million every year. And if I want to teach you that and I charge you $10,000 to give you the exact blueprint and strategy that you can start up today, and in 60 days, I guarantee you, you're going to make your first $20,000. In the next, let's say, five months, you're going to hit your $100,000 mark. Like, it's math. It's math. We've been doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And once you hit that 100,000, there's no going back because now you know it's real yes. and you just got to keep the wheel running. Now, if I can teach you that, would you think I'll be out of line to charge you $10,000 for that? No, absolutely not. Reason is because I'm creating 10, 20 times transformation mm -hmm. 
And just charging you 5% of that isn't out of line. So first, like I said, people don't understand the levels of value. Mm -hmm. The levels of value is what you got to understand first. If you understand the levels of value, then you can now jump into what can I offer people? What's the transformation that I create for people? How much is the cost of inaction? Because there's a cost of inaction, like you just said, you have a $100,000 job. You want to be an entrepreneur. How much do you want to make? Right. We got to talk about that first. What are your expectations? Mm -hmm. Now, if you tell me, oh, I'm trying to build a million-dollar business, I'm trying to build a $100,000, whatever it is, because I don't know if you earn $40,000 right now and you want to have your own time and you want to make $100,000, I'm letting you know that the most expensive expenses you have is what you don't know. And that's your cost of inaction. Mm. So if I can stop your bleeding right now so you can stop dreaming and start taking action, I can charge you 10% of that. I can charge you 5% of that. You'll be more than glad to pay for that. You said that a person doesn't have to quit their job to find that out, right? So what are some ways for them to explore their value um, that will allow them to kind of prove their concept is what it sounds like what you're saying. So what are some of the things that we can... Don't do the work. Again? Don't do the work. Don't do the work. Yes. Don't I, do the approach work. business knowing that you ain't gonna do the work. What do you mean? We know that the higher we go in business, we don't do the work. Mm-hmm. Listen, there are four levels of value. The first level of value is implementation. That's mm-hmm. when you do the work. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if you're in a service-based business, how much time do you have in the world? Let's say you charge two hundred dollars, and it takes you two hours to fulfill one customer. Mm-hmm your hairstylist or whatever, how many customers can you do in a day? Multiply that by five days in a week. Mm -hmm. Multiply that by four weeks in a month. Multiply that by 10 to 11 months because nobody works 12 months anyways. Implementation, because you're implementing the the tactics. So if you implement, Mm -hmm. you might make 30 to $100,000, it's fine. Got it, so your value is capped. Your because value you is can only implement. Yeah, because you you're only limited make as much by as one resource, which is time. Yeah. So when you get to the next level, because you understand value, mm-hmm. which is unification, that means you get people to do the job for you. Okay. So what do you do before you start a business? I teach you to write down the things that you love to do, and the things that you don't have time to do, mm-hmm. or the things that you hate to do. So when you put down that chat, you're gonna figure out that you suck at many things. I suck at many things, so what do I do? I get VAs. Hold on, wait. Did you say when you put down that check, you're going to find that you suck at a lot of things? Yes. Like when you quit your job? Yes. <laughs> no, you, you suck at a lot of things. I don't, I don't check my emails. I don't know how to respond to emails. Yeah. I don't know how to do budgeting and all of that. I just get people to do stuff. I don't know automations, yeah. but I know the value of automations, right? Mm-hmm. So I get somebody to do it for me. Yeah. I don't do nothing on my Instagram. I got people who do that. So I approach an industry knowing that I have to figure out what people have to do for me so I can have higher productivity Yeah. because I understand the next level of value. Mm-hmm. And at that level of value, what you're doing is 50-50. It's 50% of you doing the work, which is physical, and now you're getting to a more spiritual level. I teach from a place of essence. You know, I'm spiritual. Now... You get into a speech where your voice is driving your results mm-hmm. because you're managing people. You're more patient. You understand the value of people. Like I don't call them VAs. 
I say VAs because people can't understand what I'm saying. I call them my employees because they're part of me. Yeah. They make me succeed. Mm -hmm. I care about them. I treat them like employees. Mm -hmm. I give them whatever bonuses and everything that they deserve. And I constantly talk and train them. Okay? But if you look at them as VAs, you just look at them as somebody that you just, you just want to give a task. task. You're going to lose that person real yes. fast. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, the third level is communication. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. What's communication? Communication is when you're so good at something and we all are great at something because you were designed by God to just know something better than other people. Now, communication. What's communication? So before I get to communication, there's unification, mm -hmm. which I talked about. Yes. When you start getting people to do the job, now you're working in the realm of $50,000 to three, $400,000. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now... It's making sense if I get people to do all the tasks for me because wherever you work right now, you're doing a task for the owner. Yes. You're part of a department or you're part of a unit or you're part of whatever for the owner who's yeah. the business person, okay? But when you go ahead and you take your skill right now, let me give you an instance. Give me one tool that your audience need to work. Airtable. Airtable, right? Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and teach Airtable. And I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm talking about like some pro level Airtable stuff. Yeah. And you charge people probably, give me a price. How much you think, how much do you think anyone can charge? Um, two, $250 an hour. Why would you charge $250? How much are you saving me? Oh, man. Saving you. Tech, like time over a course of a year could be a good like thousand hours. Awesome. Yeah. So... Let's say I, I, because I do not believe I can charge people $500 because mm. it takes confidence to build high tickets, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to get into the entrepreneurial space. I can spend every Saturday putting out two, um, what they call it, two models, two lessons yeah. on Airtable, mm -hmm. and I'm building a course, right? So in three months, which is probably 12 weekends, I would have at least 24, 30 lessons in three modules or four modules on Airtable. I can repurpose that, put it in the market, and I still haven't left my job. Woo! Listen, and I can stop making $100 teaching mm -hmm. Airtable on a pro level. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, mm -hmm. do you believe that there are a thousand people that need that tool to make their life a lot better? Do you believe that? Absolutely. I just told you how you can make a hundred dollars times a thousand places, which is a hundred thousand dollars, not living your Without job just even yet. Without living your job, yeah. Just because you move to the next level, which is communication. Yes. So you haven't even started implementing. Mm. You see, mm -hmm. you haven't even done, done the unification. You're just at a level where you're doing communication off of what you got. Yeah. In your space. Yeah. And you know what's so beautiful? Whatever you have, I'm talking about contract with your company. They don't stop you from teaching people about it. No. I don't think there's any employee that says you can't teach people how to use WordPress or how to use Excel shit. Right. I, no, I don't think so. That's the issue, though. Yeah. There's so many people who feel like there's a conflict. No. Like, oh, I, I work for this company and I can only do this thing. Otherwise, they'll fire me if they see that I do exactly. this. And that's, I don't think that that's... So, I'm just saying to you, without even doing the first two steps, because you understand the levels of value that we teach. Right. You can get started on a communication level. Mm -hmm. And if you sold a thousand of those mm -hmm. in a whole year, 365 days, divide that, all you need to do is sell three yeah. per day. Per day. 
you really cannot sell 10 per week. Mm -hmm. Well, if you cannot sell 10 or whatever you believe in in a week, you shouldn't even be watching this right now. Right. Now, that could be scaled up to 500,000. Mm -hmm. That could be scaled up to a million. It all depends on how hard you want to go with it, right? Yeah. You could up the price if you see it's working. You could change prices on people because it's just one content that you shot one time and you can already repurpose it, right? Yeah. Now, that's one way to go. Another way to go is you might look at the tools that you use at work and all of that. Now, you working for a corporation gives you the opportunity to kind of see what systems they got on that level. Yes. If you know friends, have family relatives, I don't know who you are, okay? It all depends on what you got, right? And they can build you the same software that does the same thing on a better ver version. How do you know it's gonna be a better version? Because that's where you use the work. And you know where that software just does not deliver as much as it should. Yeah. Because you know the problems that people face using that software. It's yeah, highly it sold, it might be built by Microsoft, but if you can build your own version, yes, and you charge people $5, $20, $30, and you create force continuity where they can use that software, yeah, I'm just saying, in 10 years, if a million people use that software and pay you $30, you're making $30 million for doing absolutely nothing. And for you this still haven't software. quit your job. And you still haven't quit your job. <laughs> the kicker. So what's the fourth level of value? The fourth level of value is imagination. Okay. Which is when you build your newsletter, software as a tool, something, some membership platform, something that people can follow. Mm -hmm. Before we get into this episode, I know you've been struggling with the idea of starting your own business and launching a premium product that you know is going to transform lives. So I have a bomb resource for you. The man himself, Words Taylor, is going to help you launch your product or service for the clients who need your help right now. Now you can't call yourself a business owner unless you are getting in front of new clients every single day and Words knows exactly how to do that. All you have to do is tap in so he can teach you his six-figure launch strategy that's produced over $5 million in client sales. So all you have to do is go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com. That's HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and get into the free training. It's happening this week. So go to HighTicketLaunchSecrets.com and let's get into the episode. So it's when you build that. When you build that, it changes the whole game. Mm -hmm. Now, are we all going to build an app like Uber? Right. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But we might build a, a better ver version of a form builder a better version of an Excel sheet, mm -hmm. uh, which is a related database system. Yes. It might cost you $2,000, $3,000, $5,000, $20,000 to build that. Mm -hmm. That might give you a big hit. It might cost you another $20,000 to run ads and all of that. But you're not going to waste that money if you have people like me who can coach you on how to first find clarity, mm -hmm. convey that message, yeah. and most importantly, convert that message that you get. Yeah. It changes everything. Listen, I'm literally like getting everything. everything. I mean, we were just, you've been podcasting for a minute, longer than I have been. Mm. And I just told you one or two things that you can do to your podcast mm. right now. And you know I'm going to implement that, right? Yeah. So being able to even like tell y'all how much I'm about to blow up just because of the, the quick little game you yeah. gave me is amazing. So so what typically, what's the process that you typically take your clients through when they come to you? Is it like an eight week course or like a... No, um, no, no. I have a five day challenge okay now the five day challenge is supposed to first teach you what a valid offer is mm -hmm. and teach you the types of offer mm -hmm. teach you the offer science and teach you all of these things that i'm talking about mm -hmm. so you can kind of decide in your mind 
if you're a great fit for the next level that I'm taking you to. Because I have a masterclass. I teach people how to become a successful mogul elite. All right? But not everybody's ready for that. So I, I give a low-ticket five-day, you know, course with me. Mm-hmm. And in those five days, it lasts for about two hours. If you're on the VIP, if you're on the regular call, you know, on Facebook, it's one hour. Mm-hmm. But it kind of brings you into my world, my space, where I can answer direct questions and talk to you about who you are. If you don't want to take my challenge, you know, on my Instagram, you can click it, ask Ike. It's for $20. You can ask me any question that applies to your life. Mm-hmm. $20, right? Mm-hmm. And I would do a video, post it on my Instagram, answering your question, hashtag you, so I can tell the at whatever, ask this question. So mm-hmm. from your question, a whole bunch of people can also learn from that. Absolutely. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, beautiful. So the challenge and then also you being kind of reachable, which is a really great service yeah. to be able to ask a question for 20 yeah. bucks and then have you answer it to the public. Yeah. So that's how you serve. Now I got to get into like how you came to this way. So one of the things that always shocks me when I hear from like people who are successful, I never had a job, right? Yeah. When I went to Ghana, so you're from Africa. What part yeah, of Africa Nigeria, are you from? Nigeria, to represent. Nigeria. Yes. You said you to represent? <laughs> to be precise. <laughs> to be precise, yeah. got you. When yeah. I went to Ghana, I noticed that the culture is a lot more entrepreneurial. But the way that I saw it is yeah. if we mix the like the drive of African Americans that I see here, mm-hmm. when I go to when I go to Ghana, I see like some People are like super like stop you at the red light to sell plantains or whatever. Yeah. Shoot, it could be some like weights or whatever. Yeah. But then a lot of people are like just sitting around, right? So I'm trying to figure out how is the entrepreneurial spirit developed in, in the country like Ghana or Nigeria? First, is- first, we have a blessing mm. that a lot of people don't have. Mm. And I'll tell you what the blessing is. And it's a lot. First... I'm born in a black nation. What that simply means is I don't have any vague or ceiling or cloud over what I can become. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's all about role models. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, who's your role model? I come from a space where when I drive through the streets, I see all the big brands from the world. I'm talking about fashion brands beverage, whatever, mm-hmm. okay? Babies, they're all black. You know what that does? So I see the same Versace, Versace that everybody know, Gucci, it's black people, because I'm from a black nation. Because mm. they make sure that their ads can connect with people like me, right? Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up as a little boy knowing that I want to rock that, I want to drive this car, and it's all black people, Mercedes, Porsche, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all black people, so I never felt like they never, they don't look like me. Yeah. I see skyscrapers everywhere built in the main cities, right? Mm-hmm. Who's on the penthouse? A black man. Who owns the building? A black man. Yeah. I see banks. Who's the CEO? A black man. Mm-hmm. Who's the name of the bank? A black name. Yeah. On my money. Black. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Um, head of maritime, black. Head of military, black. President. Black, (laughs) so you can literally pick any profession, check, 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 all black. So what can you do or say to me that will make me look at myself as being less? 
And I know their story that they all started and they were born in the hood and they walked their way up the ladder and mm -hmm. they became politicians or whatever it is mm -hmm. that inspires me. So first, I know as a kid that I can get to the top. Yeah. Second is, if I go for a concert or whatever, it's all black women. So what can you do to my psyche to say black people aren't pretty? I've seen millions of them. Pretty looking. Mm -hmm. So my eyes, my limitation, my brain, everything is trained to appreciate myself, knowing that within my lifetime, there's a level that I can reach. You got to understand that, especially for the black, our community mm -hmm. in America, mm -hmm. this is like the first time that black people are seeing that it can be done. Yeah. Probably before this time, we can pretty much hand finger count the people that made it to the top. Right. But in the last five years, we've been making a lot of millionaires yes. breaking into that sphere. Yeah. So it's changing the way people look at possibilities. Mm -hmm. But I come from a place where there are no possibilities. You got to understand that. Mm. Being a kid, I was lucky because you got to understand if we were born 10 years before I was born, I might not have the opportunity that I have. Mm. Why do you say that? When I was 18, mm -hmm. something miraculous happened in Nigeria. GSM, which is cell phone, came into Africa. Okay. It was a new wave. It was something totally new. The internet was there, but it was kind of, you know. And for me, I wanted to get that. I used to be a screen actor, a teen actor on one of the big series out there. And that's how I got into film production, right? So I bought myself a cell phone. Well, you know what happened? It was expensive to get a call card, the calling cards for it. It was okay. expensive. Okay. I didn't know what I was getting into with my new status. Now that created a whole new problem for me. But you know what problems are? Opportunities. Yes. So I started giving my friends and my family my phone to call, mm. to make the calls, right? Whenever they did that, they gave me money in return. Mm -hmm. And sometimes three, four, five calls was good, great enough to buy a new calling card. And that was my first insight into entrepreneurship. I'm like, what? How long so does a calling card last? Like a whole month? No, oh. this wasn't time-based, it was unit-based. Unit-based, okay, so a whole calling card might be like uh, like an hour, and yeah, then yes. it, but if you if you sell it to three people for five minutes, yes. that 15 minutes- Yeah, but I was charging per minute. Per minute. Yes. And so you were saying that three clients was, would pay for another card, yes. which would give you another- Yes, it was, it was a game changer. Okay. So that built me into starting what I call a kiosk business center, where people usually came, you know, and made calls. And just on my streets, I had 50, 100 people a day trying to get in touch with friends and family. And they were using my calling cards. And now they could dial the United States or anywhere. And some people would sit on the phone for a whole hour. You just paid for two, three of my calling cards. I was making 60, 70, 80% profit on it. It was, it was good. Yeah. I loved it. And as we were going through all of that, that's definitely I made good money as a, as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't first to, I, listen, I never drank, never did drugs. I never smoked, you know, not me. Mm -hmm. People see me as being crazy and thinking, oh, no, never did. But the reason why I wasn't any one of those was first as a kid. I call myself a kid even though I was a teen. I knew if I could make money, I could control my own life and my own time. And I had friends that were working for me and with me. 
and we all were making money and it, it was just good to know that I had my freedom. I didn't have to do anything illegal to make money, which was good. That's yeah. why it was good stock. You, you said that you didn't have to do anything illegal. No. When you think about your opportunities, you made it to 18 without kind of getting in any trouble. Yes. What were what are the paths that were available to you at 18? You said you didn't have to get in any trouble. Like what would be the alternative? First, first, I just consider myself lucky because mm -hmm. I was like the best student of my school, one of the best students of my school for 12 years. Okay. You know, going from elementary to like, <clears throat> I'm just brilliant. Like I never really read. I just go to the class. I like to sit in front of the class. I got great memory. I go into exam halls and <laughs> I just like going through school. I love going to school because I, I was great. Like just sit there. my mates usually look at me like, you know the answer? Yeah, I know the answer. That's it. I go, like, how do you know this shit? I, I don't know. Just go. <laughs> I just have a memory to kind of, you know, so I'm lucky. Going to school was great. Okay. And because going to school was great and because I was great at my academics, teachers knew me. A lot of students knew me, yeah. and when you're being watched, when you're under the, you know what I'm saying, it's hard for you to get stupid, because when you get stupid, everybody knows about it, because you're the kid that everybody looks up to. Mm. So that kind of helped me. Also, the fact that my father left my mom. My mom is a very scared person, mm. and she didn't want us to fail, because she felt like, you know, if we fail, now we're going to blame it on my dad leaving. She wanted to do a good job raising us, mm -hmm. and I love my mom. You know, I'm a mama's boy, you know what I'm saying? I love my mom, and I didn't want to um, be a disappointment. I think with that, even when I started um, going to the studios to become a studio rat to learn about production, I wasn't out there trying to do, do stupid stuff. I was after learning everything that I could and, you know, do something good with my life, and I'm glad it paid off. Like, I'm just lucky because everything that I started, it usually takes me two to three years. And like I said, I think I've always been a kid, and that's how I study. People learn the words, the definitions, the all. I'm just looking for a pattern. Mm. If I understand how they put it together, I can always say it again. And that's why I know how to teach, because I teach patterns. I don't teach, you know, the words could change depending on the coach, but the concept is the same. Right. So for me, it was always about concept. And apart from being concept, I, I can consider myself lucky. I set real goals. I don't think I'm ever going to make anything. I was born, I'm the transition age. I was born in 1980. So I'm a millennial, but not a millennial, mm -hmm. whatever that means. You're so, like in the middle of Yeah, like I'm in so the middle. Much. So I, I had a dad who made it super clear that, you know, you can't get nothing. It takes long for apple trees to become apple trees. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to plant today. And because you watch it on an Instagram video for seven seconds, you think it takes you that long to plant a tree? No. Right. It's going to take you a while. So I know that I got to go through, you know, seven summers to get to whatever, wherever I'm getting to. So I set those goals. Yeah. So I don't give up, you know, three years, four years. I just keep going because yeah. I set a long-term goal. Yeah. A lot of people look at the short term. So they get burnt out after three months. They feel like it's not working. And I just want to say this. If you start out anything and it feels like it's overwhelming and it's not working, that's God telling you that you're on the right path. Mm. So it's funny that you say that, right? Yes. You developed this, um, like you said, you were lucky, which I'm curious to know, like when you say luck, what kind of bullets did you dodge when you think about luck? But on Consistency. This, Just be consistent. I, I, get you on the, I get you on that part. Yeah. But, but when I think about the essence of trusting that when something doesn't go right, it's not for you. Yes. 
the wisdom behind that is totally true, especially when you in hindsight. But can you think about an example of when you were kind of like early on learning that essence for yourself and what that that felt like? Okay, I'll give you an instance. I told my mom that I I was fascinated about cameras, mm -hmm. so I, I loved production. Mm -hmm. And down the street was a guy who. It was a barbershop, right? But he had cameras and he does like naming ceremonies, just little home stuff. And I went to him saying, you know, I want to learn the camera. And he said, okay, you know what? Um, come, I'm going to teach you. That was the best thing. I always want to learn, right? So I went to him. Remember, I come from the hood. So food is different, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just the good things of life. But anyways, we went to the first um, function. They didn't give us food. I was hungry as hell. This mm. dude was angry. He had transference problem. He smacked me in the face. It was first day just because I made a simple mistake. And I'm like, no, there's something wrong. This doesn't work. Something just is not right about this. Mm. Then a couple of weeks or probably months down the line, I can't remember exactly what time frame. I was going to my mom's my mom used to work in a bank called a big bank called first bank she used to work as an accountant in there and usually she would say after school i can drop by and pick up um items that she got just kind of help her ferry it back home mm -hmm. now i went i was on my way to the spot and they had this big production set like they had the road blocks they had big lights they had tracks they had white people black people it was everybody I was like, what's going on here? And it was production. And the cameras were huge. The lights were huge. I'm like, listen, I don't know what that guy got going, but this is the real deal. So first, you got to have the spirit of discernment. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, whatever it takes, I'm going to learn this. So I went to the guys and I said, listen, I want to learn this. And they looked at me like a street kid. What are you talking about? You want to learn this? If you want to learn, this is a big production. But anyways... I didn't know the person I was talking to was a producer director. So he said, okay, you want to learn how to be a filmmaker? How about moving those trucks right there and all that? How about helping out move all this trash out of the way and all that? Listen, I was a street kid. You got to understand, I usually go through that route. And most times, I mean, we wear uniforms in Africa. You find like kids from your school or neighboring school. And you guys just become friends over time because that's the route. I don't leave there, but that's the route that I go through to my mom's office. right? Okay, got you. I got these kids, and we just started working with them. So you start collecting <laughs> your college. Yeah, we, we were helping out. <laughs> shit. Like, you, you want help? We got it. Listen, you, know? you gave me a job. Now this is our hood, and we did that. And the guy gave me a card. He's like, you know what? Okay, come see me at the office. This is my card. And he wrote on the, at the back of the card, let him through. I didn't know who it was. I took the card home, probably forgot about it for a couple of weeks. And one day I picked it up like this. Listen. I couldn't sleep. It was it was the biggest thing I've seen. Like the only time I had seen that because back in the day we used to buy VHS tapes to watch like behind the scenes. You only see that in a Back to the Future movie or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In Africa, on African soil, that was the most inspiring thing I'd ever seen. Anyway, he was American. It was my first break into anything. And he was a teacher. Big shout out to Baba Lloyd. We call him Baba Lloyd, but it's Lloyd Weaver. He made this man right now. So anyways, I went to the office and the security guards were like, you want to see who? It's like saying you want to see Tyler Perry? Yeah. Like, no, you can't just see Tyler Perry. So I give them the card. I'm like, no, he said I could see him. And they looked at the card. They saw their boss's signature on it. And 
They started arguing. Like, you know, for example, just to make people understand, Tyler can't give a kid like this, this, you know, but whatever. What if he did? Like, I wouldn't be the one telling him not to let him, you know, and all that. So they're like, you know what? Straight out of a we're just, movie. Yeah, we're just going to let you to the truth through the receptionist, you know? Okay. Let her so, handle it. Yeah, let her handle it. I go to the front desk. She did a job. She called him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Let him come through. And I walked into this office. He had a nice desk. And they brought him his lunch. It was like rice, salad, chicken, all that shit. It's like, you want to eat? I'm like, yeah, it's like, go downstairs. It's like catering. There was a production going on. I went there. I saw food all the way. I'm like, what? <laughs> People eat like this in Africa? I had the best meal of my life, and I knew I was going nowhere. So I got into production because of food. Believe it or You're not. You're like, listen, this man eat good. Listen, I just ate good. Because I don't eat that kind of if food I back like home. I eat every day. Every day? <laughs> I got in there and they said they wanted a male actor. They were, they were doing an audition for a male actor. Okay. And they didn't find nobody that could play my role. They just needed somebody crazy and stupid and goofy. And that was who I was. I, yes, I spent all my life in the sciences, but I was a jerk. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was just a jester. I like... I was the kid that used to wake up in the morning, dance on the table and all that shit, make the whole family <laughs> crack up and all that. So it was easy for me. I'm like, yeah. That's so, for me. You, did you volunteer for it? They, yeah, they... I just told them, can I do this? And they're like, yeah. So I picked up a script, my little dumbass. I read the whole thing on the script. Dialogue, instructions, and I was just reading. I'm like, dude, stop. That's not the way to do it. You're supposed to read just the dialogue. Okay, y'all didn't tell me. Okay. I went back. Like I told you, I'm great at retaining stuff in my memory. Mm -hmm. I took the script, I came back and I read it and they're like, you got the role. I'm, I got the role? Now listen, back then they were paying about, if I did the conversion in value right now, they were paying about, I wanna get this right so I don't say it wrong, about $500 an episode. Okay. U US or? or um... No, US. Really? In value. Because it was a UN TV show. Wow. So it was sponsored by the United Nations. Wow. And I didn't know it was that big. Whoa. It's called I Need to Know, just so you all know. Okay. So I got on it, and they were signing me up for like 40-something episodes. Mm. For a start, like we were going seasons. Like four seasons or something. I'm like, what? Wow. So I got paid as an actor and every day that I got on set, remember we had the big lights, we got the studio, we got all this crew, people who knew what they were doing in production and all that. I knew I had to be on the other side of the camera. And he was so encouraging. He gave me an opportunity to direct one of the episodes. I was so close to the crew. Oh, I was a nice kid, you know what I'm saying? And every day just, bottom line, I was with Lloyd from probably the age of 18 till I think I left Lloyd finally when I was 23, 24. Mm. And he had been a mentor all that time. Yeah, he taught me everything that I needed to know about film. And I'm sure you picked up a little bit about life as well. I picked up everything about life because you can't teach people without teaching them essence. It don't yeah. make no sense. Mm. Yes. So when did, for you in that experience, when did it go from, okay, I'm here for the food, to I'm learning like a skill the to like the essence. I thought it was the food. The food kept me. Yeah. But it, I was there for the cameras though. 
So when did it go from the cameras to like you starting realizing I'm learning essence? Or do you feel like that's a No, that's Lloyd for you anyways. Lloyd was a father. Really? And that's why I am. Like I don't teach people what you got to know without telling you why you have to know what you have okay, to know. Okay, so that's how you get to the essence. You yeah. talk about the why. Yeah, so Lloyd is somebody that will tell you, oh, you want to be on set when I'm directing? No, you don't know shit. If you want to learn how to direct, you got to be with me every day to think how I think and why I put these images and visions together. Got it. And that's when I realized, oh, there's something called a storyboard. There's something called a script. The whole script conferencing, how do you influence the script? How do you interpret the script? How do you get in the cutting room? I, you know, so just going through him and becoming a PA for him, mm -hmm. a personal assistant, mm -hmm. just... I saw the whole funnel. I knew the pipeline. I knew what it had to be because I had to go through that process for him every day. Mm. So when I was 23, 24, I got my friends. Remember, I was working with some of the best people because he was on that level. He was the Spike Lee of Nigeria then. Mm. All the big ads, everything was shot by him. So I just got lucky because, for example, the only way I can relate my story is, first, Lagos is like New York, which is the the entertainment capital of Africa. Okay. So I was born in Lagos. I was raised in Lagos. And I happened to stumble upon a guy who's like a Spike Lee or Tyler Perry. Mm. And I just started on that level. That's beautiful. So I never went through trying to get a job. I never really worked for him because nobody has ever paid me salary. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a commission, whatever you work for, you get type. Um, I was never in it for the money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And he just worked out. You wow. know, and luckily for me, he wasn't a pedophile. He wasn't doing drugs. I was never abused. All of that. You know what people go through? Mm -hmm. I never went through all of that. I just got lucky. That's what I say. Lucky. Because I was in a place, if he was any one of those things, yeah. I wanted to emulate him so much that I could have turned out to be whatever. Yes. And you know, whatever you tune into, you turn into. Mm. So he was just the perfect being for me to meet at that time. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And he had a different spiritual um, religion mm. from me. Mm -hmm. But because he was American, everybody could practice whatever you want to practice. Like, he, I would literally drive him to his shrine or whatever. He would be like, I want to go in there to, stop, to worship my African God. Mm -hmm. You could worship your Jesus. You could wait in the car. It was never a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We had people, Muslims, Christians, everybody working... It was never a problem. So I think what it did for me was to make me understand that I can work with anybody as long as you have something to offer. You know, I, if you're willing to grow, you're willing to learn, I could work with anybody. Okay. And I started from a place where I knew absolutely nothing. I didn't even knew, know why I was in whatever I was in, mm -hmm. but somebody helped me find my path. Yeah. And that's why I put it upon myself to help people find their path, yeah. pretty much. So when we talk about your path, um, I'm sure there's a lot that happened between 23, you left Lloyd, yes. and then you came to you come to America. Yes. But at the point where you come to America, what are you thinking that you're going to find on the other side of it? And then like internet. Internet. Yes. So it sounds like even this is a sure thing. It yes. doesn't sound like okay, I just need to get on the other side no. of that. You're like internet. Internet. Tell me more. I went into advertising and I became what I call the agency kid. Okay. I, from the age of 24 to the age of 30 something, I shot ads because that was all I knew. So what I mean, I was lucky. I got involved in a business that was paying hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. for a 30 seconds ad. Mm -hmm. 
And Lloyd literally, I was Lloyd's boy. I was Tyler Perry's boy. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the, I knew all the agencies. So when I went to the agencies as, okay, now Lloyd's boy is now doing his thing, approved by Lloyd. Mm. That was magic. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was getting budgets mm. running into tens of thousands of dollars. And I was just a kid. I was less than 25. So I made a lot of money at a very, very early age. And the reason why they paid me more was because the crew was the same. I had the old boys, experienced DPs, editors, animators, customers, you know, working for the big production company and working with me because those are the people that I knew. So I never started my film career with my peers. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew what their rates were because I was doing the budgeting. Remember? Mm -hmm. I was the PA. Yes. You know, working with all the departments. I knew what your rates were. Yes. So from the first job that I got, I was quoting the right rates. You know, for those people, I knew what the discipline was because I was part of a discipline. You see what yes. I'm saying? And that just helped me kind of see how the organogram worked. Mm. So when I became a producer director, it was easy feeling. Um, yes, I didn't get the big jobs, but I worked my way up. And listen, I, I, I made good success from being that. But sometime around 2010, the budgets were shrinking. Social media was picking up, new media was picking up. I knew this was something different, but I knew Africa wasn't ready for it. There were so many tools, systems coming out of America that I was trying to grasp, but it was just hard. Like you speak of click, click funnels right now. Yes. Click funnels not even in Africa just yet. There's no payment processor that can process it. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So it don't matter what I teach in my strategy, if I took the same thing to Africa, it's not ready except for which, which is an opportunity for y'all, if I can build a system that can do the same thing, that can appeal to that market and have the technology work with it, yes. that's gold right there, mm. okay? So I knew Facebook was coming out, it moved from MySpace. I knew I had to be part of this new money because you see, advertising taught me using, taught me how to use film as a tool to make sales. So for every ad that we did, you have to go through production meetings and meetings with agency from the storyboard to what was being said to the call to action to all of that. So there was a strategy and an intent yeah. behind every shoot. Mm -hmm. And the storyboard has to reflect that to affect people's emotions to buy. Yeah. So the way that I saw film, I didn't see a film from people trying to make a movie, which was emotional, just strictly emotional. And people who were trying to shoot music video, which was just simple art, you know, just feel good, eye candy stuff. No. I started film from an intense point of view. Yeah, a return on investment. Return on investment. If we're spending some amount of money, it has to make us a amount of money or we ain't coming back. Right. So <clears throat> my decisions, mm. I, I saw, okay, let me tell you, I was shooting an ad for Lipton. And we were framing the, um, what they call it, the end shot. And for some reason, it was kind of crooked, you know, and the... Uh, brand guy the brand manager who works in the brand department back then came to me and the agency guy he's like can they do this can they do that in the background and all that and he's just not a patient guy i was trying to build something i was getting somewhere like i don't like to show my clients my shots when i'm setting up but anyways he was there and he wanted to go through that process and i made the biggest blunder of my life mm. what did i do he flipped at some point, and I'm like, instead of taking it to the side, which I would do now because I'm on my show, I was young. I said to him, I said, dude, man, like, chill. It's just a Lipton pack. It's just a Lipton pack? This is the, the client. Dude was like, it's just a Lipton pack? 
If you want to understand that lifting pack pays more than a thousand people at the manufacturer plant. That lifting pack is in over a million homes. That lifting pack pays your agency. That lifting pack is paying you $50,000 for you to shoot this ad. That lift, and he just went on. Now, he was ranting. At that point, I didn't give a shit. But days later, I was like, shit. That lips impact. Yeah. That's how important it is. That's mm -hmm. the level of intention. That's the level of intent that these guys put behind branding. Yeah. So that for me was an eye opener that, listen, there are people who just know how to do stuff because mm -hmm. of the intention that they bring behind everything that they do and the strategies that they apply. And it's important to them, even if you don't understand it. Yeah. And because I had that, I was in a deeper place in understanding how film worked. Mm. And that's why people come to me and they're like, okay, why? You never really shot your own movie. I'm like, I, I never really figured out how to sell it. I wasn't gonna go to the bottom of the chain, no. If you show me how I can sell it, if the numbers work, I can get the money. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I, for me, every project for me has to have an intention. So when new media <laughs> started shrinking, bloggers were coming out, they were getting checks that agencies were getting. The agency guys were struggling to just stay in the game. I knew I had to go somewhere. Mm. And that's what brought me to America. I knew the future, technology was changing. Everything was moving from manufacturing to technology. And technology was getting to a point where I needed to understand how it worked. And social media was becoming big. Mm. I had no presence. Like, listen, I've always known the power of social media, but you won't believe it. I just embraced social media couple of months back. Mm. Even I know how powerful it is, you yes. know, but I, for me, before I get into anything, I have to know how to crack the code. Okay. There's a cheat code to everything. Mm -hmm. So I spent years trying to understand Facebook ads, the mindset behind audiences, all of that. I spent years trying to understand how Instagram works. I spent years trying to understand how podcasts, podcasts work. I bought courses. I did a lot of stuff. Now I'm in a place where I feel like, oh, I now understand how to put the ducks in a row mm -hmm. and make you successful. Mm -hmm. So my journey, which is years of trying to figure it out, I can literally save you a lot because I now teach the concepts behind it. Mm. Initially, when I was learning, I was learning the tactics. Yeah. But now I understand the strategy of how it applies. So if Facebook becomes Instagram, Instagram becomes TikTok, TikTok becomes no talk, I don't care. It's the same process. It works all the time and it will work for everybody. Man. You said, you said I know I said a lot, guys. <laughs> you said so much and I'm literally like just I'm here for it all. Mm -hmm. You said that you were already a part of his funnel earlier when you were talking about like learning from Lloyd and, and seeing from the beginning to the end what process you need to go through to to, to develop yourself. Yes. And now you're learning the essence of like any one of these social media platforms, which yes. will help people like rebrand themselves, sell themselves, be a business owner. Do it intense. Like I don't care about followers. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an instance. I'm in the financial literacy space, yeah? Mm -hmm. Let's do this. If I have 100 followers, for example, mm -hmm. that paid me $10,000 for what I offer, how much did I make? $100,000. There's just 100 followers. Right. So why do I need 2 million people that just want to like my post and mm -hmm. don't pay me? I don't mm -hmm. care about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to somebody else, you love your followers because it works for your business. Yeah. In my space, I can literally have a thousand people follow me in a whole year and I'm still way richer than you. Yeah. 
Duh. So what was it like for you after you did all the learning? And I love that that um, essence of learning. Yes. You know, setting up the blocks, the ducks before yes. you start to shoot. So what was it like for you when you finally decided, okay, I'm ready. You pull the trigger. You're yes. in America. You're in a completely different network. Yes. How did you start to really? I started that? with my money. What a lot of people try to do. With and I failed okay. because oh, I couldn't scale. How it. much money you got? We're talking about unification right now. You're going to pay those people monthly, weekly, bi-weekly? Mm -hmm. You ain't got no money. You can't make it work. So what did I do? You got to understand I come from a capital place. I come from a place where it was all about cash. So I didn't know there was something called credit. credit. Okay? So you okay. So I applied for credits. Mm. And naturally, because I had a clean slate, you know what happened? They gave me so much opportunity, right? Mm. And because I knew nothing about credits... You blew it. I blew it. Big Ooh, time. Okay, so help me. No, nobody blew it. I blew myself. You blew it. Okay, so I knew it. nothing about credit. So you had this crazy experience developing your career in Africa. Yes. You come to America because you're like, I need to understand the internet. Yes. I need to understand like this way. Yes. You learn everything that you need. You say, okay, I'm ready to pull the yes. trigger. And I failed. Because the strategy that you had was based on King Cash is King. Yes, Cash is King. And then you learn, okay, you failed because nobody wanted to like offer you any opportunity because they're like you don't have any cash yes any credit yes and then you get the credit and you don't know how to operate that so that's, yeah. a, that's a big that's a yeah big because okay. first i had a poor mindset mm. i was making cash and the only thing i had to figure out how to make how to make more cash mm -hmm. and this go for a lot of athletes you make a lot of cash but you know your mindset is what happens what mm -hmm. what ruins you mm -hmm. i was using my cash to pay my bills and pay for my lifestyle mm. so i couldn't scale mm. What's the right strategy? You want to have a good foundation, financial foundation? Yeah. Use debt to create income-producing assets. Let those income-producing assets create a cash flow for you mm -hmm. and use that cash flow to scale your business. So what did rock bottom look like for you when you were like, oh, dog, I, I failed. I mean, listen. What did that look like? Listen, I've always <laughs> known how to make money. Mm -hmm. Rock bottom for me is zero dollars. Okay. But you know what's so beautiful? Because I'm skilled. Mm -hmm. I can get back to $500 in two hours. Okay. I can reach out to an old client and say, you want to shoot something? Mm -hmm. And I got $500 right there. So I got skills, man. Yeah, I'm a yeah. cinematographer. I'm a director. I'm a yeah. producer. Yeah. I'm a production manager. I'm an editor. I'm a colorist. You know, my 20-something years of building all of this, mm -hmm. I know how to create money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yes, when I say rock bottom, it's just there are months that I... I can't pay $2,000 worth of rent. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And because my car was paid for, I've always driven cars that are paid for. You know, because I, I told you I was a cash person. I, I never really had all that pressure, mm -hmm. you know, of doing besides rent. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, I just knew there was something I was missing. There's an America that I did not know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what to do. Then... I wanted to buy me a house, and I met a lady that was going to scam me, and she took me to some people and said, put your money here and all that, and I get them 1500 to fix my credit. But luckily for me, because she had bad intentions, right, they blew me at the credit point, so she didn't get my money to buy the house. That was when I found out about her and started doing research that she's just fake. Anyways, mm -hmm. the bottom line was I lost the game. $1,500 down the drain, and I knew somebody had to fix this credit. 
Then I was telling my homeboy about it. Right? He said to me, my girlfriend fixes credit, and she came. I'm like, I'll pay anything. I need a second chance. And just so you all know, what you got to figure out is you got a second chance. Simple. And I paid somebody, and she started working on it, and I started getting results. And she started giving me little tidbits, and I started starting again. So now it wasn't about social media. It wasn't about business. It was about credit, 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 credit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I couldn't, at, at the point, I couldn't get enough information from her because she wasn't willing to share, uh, which is what a lot of people do. But I know that there's, there's a level that you can get to, which is communication. I needed to know this. So I started buying, I'm talking about high level courses on credits. The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, 5000 mm-hmm. 10000 Like, I'll literally make money from production and put it into that. I got coaches, and now I know how to fix my credits. But beyond knowing how to fix my credit, I have a credit repair company because I realized that if I got to teach business in American space and you don't have the right credit, it don't matter what I teach you, you still cannot scale. Yeah. So we got to fix you first teach you money management information that you need mm-hmm. to survive on how to beat the bank. Yeah. Because think about it, you take your money and you loan the bank without you knowing it for 1% interest rates. Mm-hmm. That's the most you're ever gonna get from any bank, mm-hmm. right? Right. But they turn around and they give you the same loan for 16, 18, 24% more. How are you gonna beat that system? It's all designed- To keep you to behind keep, the curve. Exactly, mm-hmm. but you can you can beat them yeah, yeah. faster than you think. Mm-hmm. And you know, so now when I knew that concept, I knew how to use credit. I knew I needed to use debt to create wealth mm-hmm. and I knew the process, mm-hmm. but now I wasn't qualified to get debt. Mm. So when she fixed it to a point, I took it over. I did it, I did it for a couple of friends. Now I found a strategy, like I said, being in the right rooms, they had done so much and they just give you the blueprint and I know how to hit it and hit it and hit it and I scaled it up. Now I got a successful credit repair company. That's just on the side. So whatever comes into my funnel, you get that service too. Mm. And I also give that to the public, you know, but beyond that, I'm not teaching you what you can get with credit, how you can make a lot of money with credit, a lot of gameplay with credit, you know, so because the problem with credit is people think about debts. But you can make a lot of money from your credit card. Yeah. Your credit card can actually make you two to five thousand dollars every sixty days. I think Easy. the I think the the thought is it just makes people uncomfortable because they don't understand how to leverage debt because we're always told to stay away from debt. Like when I so so thinking about growing up in America, yeah. The only thing I ever knew about credit cards was you need to put that thing in the in the freezer and never touch it. So people growing up, we get we we grow up afraid because they, they of consider it as debt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But what if I told you the same card can make you $500 to $2,000 every month? It's a whole different mindset. And if you add five of them, you can scale it up. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different mindset. So yeah. what I teach people is not 
pay your bills. I teach y'all to make money mm -hmm. with every liability that you have, and I make your li your wealth reducing liabilities to income producing assets. Mm -hmm. I tell a lot of people. I have friends who moved out of their houses right now. I just go to them. Okay, you leave here. Oh, I like it. It's nice. Okay. Uh -huh. They're like, uh, why? Why do you have that face? Well, how much you got it for? They're like four hundred thousand, three hundred and fifty thousand. I'm like, so you pay out of your pocket? They're like, yeah. Okay. They're like, I right, just say what you want to say. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have this conversation all over again. You you mean to tell me that you work every month and out of your paycheck, you pay for this house? Is this house making you money? They're like, no, but it gives them security. I'm like, stop. Stop. Move out. Make this house start paying for itself and pay you. It don't matter if you make six, seven, eight hundred dollars extra on it. All right? Trust me. You're in a place where the house is paying for itself. Now you're making $800. You're not taking it out of your paycheck. So you save whatever you're supposed to pay your mortgage. And you're making $800 on top of that. On top if you of put that. another $800 on top of that, you can find a place to rent. Mm. So now instead of taking $2,000 or $1,800 out of your paycheck, you're just taking out six, $700. So your rent and your lifestyle now, your living expenses now cost you $700. Mm -hmm. mm. So money management is a whole different conversation, like I said. My students know this. So I've, I've always, I've, I actually have this thought for myself, this concept for myself. I think um, what else makes you lucky about sur surviving or thriving yes. in yes. America is that you don't have that, that we talked about in the beginning. You don't have that trauma of identifying with being a, you know, a lesser class because everybody else who's successful is white, right? So I, I move. Like they, make me feel that way. I move. Hey. Listen, I left Africa to come out here. Yeah. Your royals in Africa move to Africa too and make the money. And that's what I move to a space where they love, where they love you. That's exactly where I'm going. How are you treated in Ghana? Listen, do you know what it is to be American in Ghana? That's what I'm saying. Do you look any different from Ghanaians? <laughs> Let me tell you guys something that y'all don't understand. There's a blessing that we have. The reason why I look American until I open up my mouth, and the reason why she looks African is because. Stop, guys. We're all the same. Awesome. The majority of you listening to this right now come from the same place that I come from, which is where slavery came from, which is West Africa. With the same bone, the same blood, nobody can tell the difference on those streets. And if you learn how to trust it, and you have people like me that can guide you on how to go out there and make a million, trust me, there's so much money. And most importantly, let me tell you something. They can't touch it. It's foreign money. Let's run the play real quick. So I want to. That's. I'm. I'm actually specifically going to move to Ghana, right? Yes. Because my theory is uh, what you just said. Everything that you just said. When I went to Ghana, they don't treat you the same way, and I'm not looking around like, okay, you know, what white subconsciously, what white person is going to outdo me? It's like literally, we're all black here. But so my theory is there are certain things that I can leverage as an American yes. over in Ghana yeah. that the is exactly mirrored in the transition that you had here. Yes. So let's run the play. What do I not know? What is it that I don't know? Cash works out there, not credit. Okay. That's the first thing. Okay. Second, American credit works out there. Mm. Third, you can get your immigration status all straightened out. You can be a Ghanaian in a short period of time. I'm talking like, if I'm correct, probably a year or less. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, they want Americans to come back home and they're giving papers. They're giving you citizenship. Mm -hmm. Guys, do you know what I have to go through to become an American? <laughs> like... <laughs> You don't have to go through the same just by going through repatriation. Yeah. 
So you can literally have two passports, an American mm -hmm. passport and a Guinean passport, just because you made that decision. Okay, so when I get to Ghana, yes. what's the first play that you would say? The, the first thing that you got to understand, like I said, cash works. Okay. Cash is king, yes. not credit is king. Yeah. Get your credit cash out here mm -hmm. and go make it work for you out there. You're saying flip it. Flip it. Product or service. Products, real estate or whatever. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not a Product big fan. Really. Listen, mm -hmm. if you're in the service business, you got to understand as black people, most of our ancestors have been trained to become service people. Yes. And that's why when we think of business, we want to be lawnmowers, want to be dressmaker. Mm -hmm. wanna... I don't like service, like I said. Mm. How much can you really make? If you're going to make $34,000, don't talk to me. I'm not that guy. I want you to make that amount of money in a month. Mm -hmm. So you got to learn how to, I'm going to say the word, don't Google me, productize your service. Productize your service. Because when you prototype your service, mm -hmm. which is a word that don't exist. Mm, that's why you what, said don't Google. Yes. <laughs> I love it. What you, so gonna, what, you, what you do is the same amount of strategy that you need to apply to sell 10 pieces is what you need to apply to sell a million. Mm. <clears throat> Period. It's just a little bit more effort. So that's why I like products. That's why I like, because if I can sell 10, now I I know it works. Mm -hmm. What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna squeeze that lemon, man. Yeah. Squeeze it out. <laughs> I love it. You gotta keep going. There's no oh, stopping yeah. to it. Yeah. So for me, if you're moving out to Ghana, like I said, as mm -hmm. long as you apply the same thing, income producing assets mm -hmm. that can generate a cash flow. So with every place in Africa, you gotta understand. There's no assurance in Africa. Africa is the jungle, man. It's who you know. And it's what industries that you get in, just like America too. Mm -hmm. But cash is supreme. But most importantly, your accent is supreme. People will go, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. Do you know how much labor is in Africa? Mm -hmm. Like I have VAs, employees in Africa that I still pay $300 a month. They love me. Nobody's going to pay them that amount of money. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I have people that I pay $500 a month. Mm -hmm they would kill themselves to work for you. So labor is cheap. Mm -hmm. And when everybody's complaining about China, 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 I'm like, you can literally go to Africa and get low labor and bring your service or your product to America mm -hmm. and have Americans pay for it. Let me give you an instance. Let me give you one. The most important thing you want to make sure you understand, like I said, understand the patterns. Where have the West made all the monies from the last 400 years? Shoot, you said 400 years? Yes, in the last four years. Africa? Yes, you got it right, right? <laughs> yeah. So when Africans think of going back home, you know what they do? They try to swim against the tide. When Africans think about going back home, yes. they think about going Yeah, when I say Africans, I don't care, black Americans, all, all the, blacks. Yeah, yeah. Blacks are black Africans, all I care. Going against the tide. Yes. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't go against the tide. You should swim. Mm -hmm. like, you don't want to swim against the current, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? By yeah. that? If you have a product mm -hmm. that Americans pay for, but you create that product in Africa, you're a billionaire. Does that make sense? You don't have a product created in America and you're trying to sell it in Africa. Going against the tide. You're going against the tide. You're trying to take cars out here to go sell in Africa. Computers out here to go sign in Africa. Mm. Self-service out here to go sign. That don't work. People do that. Yes. So, for um. example, the guy who builds my funnel, mm -hmm. he African. Mm -hmm. 
he's in Africa. It's a skill that I taught him on a tool that. that here. Yes, a tool that they don't even use in Africa. Mm. But I teach one guy how to build that tool, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I give him all the courses that he needs to know. Yeah. He has all the time to keep his job, so he's learning how to get better. Yeah. Now he creates tools for me and you. Mm -hmm. So you pay me thousands of dollars to create your funnel. I take a fraction of that and I pay my team. Yeah. So how do you think I'm going to lose with that? No way. So, okay, so Imagine if I was doing the reverse. I'm building funnels in America. Trying to sell it. And to you're trying to sell a funnel. Let's say I want to pay for click funnel. $97. Yeah. A month? Do you know what $97 in Africa is? Right. Who's going to pay for it? A whole lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. A whole lifestyle. Nobody's going to pay for it. Okay. So that's the mistake a lot of Americans make. I got you. Okay, so let's let's go here on the labor. Yeah. So I, I'm in school for social work. So yeah. everything I talk about right now is um, we're developing, we're, we're trying to learn community so that we can develop solutions to the problems that already exist. Yes. A lot of, th a lot of times what people will do with um, the background, the, a backwards mindset, let's say somebody goes to Ghana or Lagos and is like, hey, we have $10,000, we want to create something for you and it's going to be the solution. Well, without the input from the community, you create a solution that nobody really needs. The mindset behind um, using... Um, uh, African labor for American things is that we perpetuate this cycle that keeps people oppressed. You following where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see. So for a person who's in Africa who makes $300 to build a funnel, um, for, for us, we're like, hey, $300 is three times your lifestyle. You can literally like improve. My, yeah. my mindset is you can improve your lifestyle and you can get yourself out of poverty. Yes. And so by us being business owners, we can help people get yeah, out of poverty. That, that's what I think about it, yeah. What is the other... So the other mindset is that we maintain, um, you know, reliance on the American dollar. And I'm not really... I don't really want to go into that mindset, but what I do want to go into the mindset of is how many people have you worked with who tangibly have been able to change their life by working with you and... And running that play where they get paid three hundred dollars, and what does their life look like over years of you doing this? First, I run a play where, like I said, I care about these people. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying I'm helping them with their families. Mm -hmm. I'm helping them with their job. I'm mm -hmm. helping them with training. Mm -hmm. Because first, I understand one thing: not everybody can escape and leave America mm -hmm. and leave for America. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can make it out here. Mm -hmm. So. There will be people who are stuck out there. Mm -hmm. And if I can help you make two, three times of whatever, even mm -hmm. 10 times, mm -hmm. like I have people who started with me probably earning $100, now they earn $1,000 in two, three years. Mm -hmm. They never thought they would ever earn $1,000 in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. You got to understand that. And for me, just being able to alleviate people from poverty and don't bring them in a whole new space where they have to go through all this cultural shock yes. and racism and all of that, right. where they think they have to be something else right. to become successful, mm -hmm. is an awesome feeling. Yeah. So as long as you have a path for growth with them, and most of them graduate to the point where I have VAs and employees who I'm already considering to become partners. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it's just a whole new game. And when you can do that, when you can truly affect people, first you got people back home that pray for you, want to see you, welcome you whenever you come back home. Their life has transformed. You go back home, they tell you, since I started working for you, I started building my house. Now I've been to this point. I was just moving with my family. 
It's nothing that great or awesome like we have big houses. But now this dude has his own house with his family. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, since you did it to this part, and this is something that I do. Or you did it to this part, okay, how about I'll support you with five, ten thousand dollars for you to do the roofing and all that because I need you guys to move in while I'm here. Mm. And you make that transformation happen. Yeah. Where you think it's gonna go? Woo! It ain't going nowhere. Mm -mm. To you, it's ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars. But to him, he made my family move in just because he visited home for three weeks. That man would serve you, love you, pray for you. His wife would tell her husband to please call your boss. Don't offend your boss. He gave us our house. Now, I didn't give you a house. You built the foundation. Mm -hmm. You did all of that. I just put a roof over your head. Mm -mm -mm. I, just, I just kept your dream for you. If you didn't stop the process, yeah. maybe I never would have thought about it. Yeah. But I know the amount of value and transformation that you helped me go through. Mm -hmm. I know the higher that I go, the less work that I do. Yeah. So I respect you. I love you. I genuinely do love you. And as long as you have good intentions with people, it's always going to just don't be stingy. Yeah. Pretty much. Do you all, do you, um, being in America where we have like all the social justice things going on, yes. right? Do you ever get distracted or do you, or do you notice people getting distracted by the, the turmoil and the tension that we have in America, whereas y'all don't have that necessarily? First, I got two answers. First, you got to understand this for everybody or everything that I agree with, mm -hmm. I don't totally agree with. Mm -hmm. So even though some people say be Democrat or whatever, I don't agree with all the policies. Being Republican, I disagree with you, but I don't disagree on all the policies. So I'm a neutral person when it comes to stuff. I try not to be political, I try to be very logical. But this is what I have to say, and I think people have to do what they have to do to get what they have to get. I can come out here, speak all those nice words, and if Black people, and this is my African people, because I try to let Africans understand that you mustn't be ignorant. I hope I do this, you know what I'm saying? Because for me, I hope I do it right and I say it right, because that's a very tricky thing. If black people did not fight for freedom rights to get this level of hope that America has to do with today, do you think America would have been a destination for me to come to? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting all this reward because your fathers, your brothers, and your sisters died on the streets. And I'm not ignorant to that. And this is what I say to a lot of people. And that's how I look at it. I feel like there's a new generation that America needs to go through to come close to freedom. And I'll tell you, and I'm talking about social freedom. I feel so, and I hope I'm right. What do I mean? A lot of your parents were born in black neighborhoods, went to black schools, had black jobs, and that's all they knew. So coming out of it was hard. A lot of your generation were born in black neighborhoods, went to black schools, and graduated towards probably mixed schools on the higher level, and now work in places where there were mixed people. Mm -hmm. So, but the good thing is you moved from where you were born, for example, to Atlanta, which a lot of people are moving to Atlanta, a whole new start, and is, you know, multiracial and all of that. So in your workplace, you have all kinds of people, and now you're learning how to live amongst other people, and they're learning how to accept you. Yeah. But you know what's so beautiful? Hmm. Our kids are all going to mixed schools right now. Mm -hmm. So our kids 
don't go up, don't grow up with the same reality that we had. True. They they have an African friend right now. Mm -hmm. Some of our kids at 16 will tell you, "Mama, I want to go to I want to go with um, David to Nigeria." Right. And it's cool because we've been friends since they were born, yeah. and I, and as a family, we travel together to Africa. So all of that is changing, mm -hmm. and the acceptance is getting bigger. And if you have Dave or John or Ruben as a white friend from when you were born, that don't change that much when you're 30 anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because you're on the same system. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I feel like, because you got to understand when it comes to tribe, I can only relate to my tribe. My granddad's generation was a generation that we are Igbo people born in the East, lived in the Eastern part of the country, knew no other race or no other tribe. And they were close-minded. And when my father came out into the city, he had to accept, which is your generation right now. I'm a generation that was born amongst all kinds of tribes and all kinds of races. Okay. So I don't see color. Mm. No matter how hard I try, I still don't see color. I can't speak in color. I understand racism. I hear about racism. But I really lie to tell you that I really, really, really feel racism. Because I don't. I don't have any limitation. When I see racism, I just look at you like probably a grumpy white old one man or woman and you're just having a bad day. It don't affect me. Yeah, you don't so, see it like you hate me because I'm black. No, I don't even feel hated. Mm -hmm. So that, that thing, because you got to understand, my dad always says something. My dad used to say something. He said, when you, and he was, that was his definition of just how to define American. He said, when you lock up a people for so long, and I'm talking about generations of people, in a dark room. And all of a sudden, sometime in the 80s or 90s, you pop that door, that door open, and on the other side is light. You're gonna have three kinds of people. The first set of people will be, is this light? Is that what it feels like? I don't trust it, but I like it. So you're gonna find them at the door sitting on the fence, saying, I might take some lights, but I believe in my darkness, okay? I'm extremely passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship. So I had to share the one thing, the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur, and that's the morning meetup. I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm, I'm leaving corporate America, so I'm used to those morning huddles. We got our sales, we know what our goals are, and we get our day started. So I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup. Now, the second thing that I really, really benefited from was the revenue. Revenue generating activities was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now I had my LLC, I had my website, I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've, that I've created relationships with, Everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs. So if you want to develop as an entrepreneur, you're leaving corporate America and you're trying to figure out how do I get my footing in entrepreneurship, then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you. You can learn with us. You can grow with us. And I didn't even mention that we have a book club. Join us in the community. Let's get started today. You will not regret it. Mm -hmm. And darkness just means knowledge or mm -hmm. social Ignorance. acceptance or whatever, okay, ignorance, gotcha. whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have... A few who are, I heard about this light, I don't trust this light, 
I don't want nothing to do with this light. I'm just going to go to the corner and curve in the darkness because I don't want to see anything that has to do with this light. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a bunch of people, which is where I like to be, who are going to say, is this light? Is that the same light that my father has been expecting? Mm -hmm. Listen, guys, I ain't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Darkness, I know you no more. I don't want you as part of my life. This ain't happening no more. I'm gone. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the way I felt when I came to America. It's like, if this is light, if this is promised land, if this is the land of the brave and all that, I'm going to be an American. And I don't care how much lies is in that. I'm holding you to it mm -hmm. at the bank mm -hmm. and everything. That's why I got to understand the cheat codes. Yeah. If it's going to take me to put white on my phone that I feel, I'm Blue. sorry. I'm sorry. If that's a cheat code, that's a cheat code. I'm sorry. I need to get approved. I'm sorry. If I need to leave in the right zip code, just so I'm not scared of anything, and I call the cops and it takes them two seconds to be at my door, I'm paying those taxes, man. I'm sorry. That's just the way. Listen, I don't care. If I need to be on the penthouse to call me a name that I hate, sir, Mr. Ike, and whenever they pick up my call, they like, that's the dude on the pen penthouse. I'm making that money. That's why I have to it go to It changes the whole thing. That's why I have to go to Africa. Why do you think Nigerians come out here and make it so quickly? In two to five years. You think everybody do, does scam? No. No. They work hard. But they not, understand it. They cheat the that, system. It, not only that, though. What I'm speaking to specifically yes. is the racial trauma that you've never experienced. Yes, never. And, and the, the simplest thing is being able to check a little white box. Yeah. Doesn't take anything out of you. I don't anything, care. It's the I would check code. it. I don't care. It's a cheat code. For us, we are tied to that box and we're like, I don't want to discredit my heritage. So oh, I'm a okay. click. But it's like, that's against the grain. Okay. That's that. That's in a system that's designed and programmed to, to put you, you down? In the box. No, I'm not. I'm You're breaking like, out of the box. That box. No. I, I love that mindset. And and I and I do want more. I'm sorry guys, call me. No, 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 no. I'm I, spiritual, but not, I am stupid. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing. It's not it's not just That's not God's intent in my life. Right. You think I'm gonna leave for a thousand years? No. But you have the opportunity to see that. And see the advantages here in America in a yes. way that a lot of African Americans don't see it. Listen. I don't care what anybody says, and I'll say this, not because I'm American today. America is the greatest country in the world. I don't care what anybody else says. You know a lot say. of it. I know. A lot of opportunities. Do you know how much opportunity? Listen, we walk every day as Africans and always says, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And people are complaining I'm like, but let me, let me, let me, let me, here's the thing. We put a lot on America, right? We put yes. a lot on America. Your sports. I think. When we say America is the best place to be, period, cool. Let's let's leave that there. Yes. But let's not forget, once you know the strategy, you can run the place. So yes. for us who are African-American, I do believe that, yes, America can be the greatest place in the world, but that doesn't mean we have to live here. I think us living in other places allows us to leverage America in a way that mm -hmm. y'all leverage America by being here. Yeah. We leverage America by going away. It's 2,000 on double digits. Yeah. Just make sure everywhere you go there's an internet and don't do the work. Mm. Keyword, don't do the work. Mm -hmm. Put in the work, but don't do the work physically. <laughs> Listen, it, like, yes. I can leave and be and go to Singapore right now, live in Singapore. Yeah. I still will make money. Yeah. I can literally go to Africa right now and don't come back for the next 10 years. Yeah. 
I still will make money. Yeah. I know the play. Mm-hmm. And you can run the play from your bedroom. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. So why do people think you have to be boxed or be in a particular location to get it right? I don't think so. Mm-mm-mm. The biggest thing you all have is being American. Yeah. Dude, listen, I'm from Africa. Do you know what it is to be an American? I'm an American right now. I can tell you shit. <laughs> Damn. Look, look at me. I'm excited. I know you it's are. It's money opening. Yes. It's like open doors all the way. Yeah. You got to travel. You have Which to a lot travel. of people don't. And and what you said was, what I what I, because I want to be clear. What you said was, you don't have to be in a particular place to make it happen. Yes. But I do feel like a, an environment shift is what a lot of African Americans need in order to just even see the play. Yes. So if nothing else, I would encourage travel. more people in in my generation travel to travel. Yes. Even if not to live, I know I have a desire to live. And I promote something just so y'all know. Say. I hate to say this, but I'll say it because I love it. There are too many Africans out here. We're like bugs out here, especially Nigerians. Get a Nigerian friend to start with first. (laughs) First, we speak differently. I promise you. Nigeria is like the, when it comes to confidence, it's like the America of Africa. I'm just saying attitude-wise. We do not believe anything can stop us because we've been through it all. Okay, and we're still going through it as a nation. But besides that, when you have an African friend, you can fix something. And that's what I tell our Africans to do. Listen, I think they played themselves when they made a dumb mistake. Yeah. You see, in Africa, they got three races in Africa. Yeah. There's white, there's black, and there's colored. But America played itself. America created two races, which is black and white. I don't like to get into this so much because I don't hate people. But like I said, I understand patterns. They said anything that mixes with white is what? Black. Anything that mixes with white is black. Anything that mixes with white is what? Oh, black. Oh, yeah. But in Africa, they didn't make that mistake. So what happened in Africa is you have the black, Mm -hmm. which is same struggle. You have the whites mm-hmm. with a lot of blessings, and they have the hybrids, yeah. which is the colored, right? Yeah. But Africa, in America, you moved everything towards black. We can beat them to the game, and they know we can beat them to the game. So use the same thing when it comes to being black mm-hmm. and stop having this whole he African black, mm-hmm. Caribbean black, Light American skin, black. Dark skin. White people don't care about that. White is white. Be you French, be Spanish, whatever. White is white. If you understand that, I'm telling you, fix your next generation by marrying an African. All right, now, listen. Marry an African. Because when they ask your kid, yeah. where you from? You know what he's going to say? Nigeria, Ghana, Syria alone. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So your kid don't have the same put-down syndrome, which is an identity crisis. Identity crisis. Like you did. Facts. And you can fix that In just by marrying and having kids with an African. And we can fix that for the next generation. Easy. We we had, listen, I have totally appreciated, like, the whole journey. I can, I even appreciate your mindset even more. And I don't have to ask you nothing about what your parents taught you. None of that to know that your butt was set, you were set listen, up from the jump from everybody. And you'll be shocked to know that, yes, I come from a good home. Mm-hmm. 
But the most part of my life has always been me being a sponge to outsiders and just people with value. Mm. That's all. Mm-hmm. I usually, so I, I, I do um, this thing and I actually have to do more research on it, but I, I like to reach back. Before we get out of here, I, yes. I love to leave a word specifically for somebody who's on their transition, right? Who's somewhere in the middle or right before it. They might still be at that door looking at the light. Yes. I don't know where we would, we'll be speaking to. But I think for you to uh, close us off, yes, I think you have words of wisdom for folks here. And I even would go as far as to say speaking your native language for the folks back home who um, need to know whatever they need to know. So what I'm envisioning is like a twofold word of wisdom where you give the word of wisdom one way, but then you also reach back to the folks who are still home, still trying to figure out how to play the game, how to run the play. And what the play is, is it do I stay in Africa and level up here or do I leave? Whatever you think that, about that, That's a lot in one. That, I know, that, right? That, I start know, off it's so, it's so I'm going to speak to two audiences. Okay. With one statement, the offer you don't make is an offer that nobody takes. You don't have to quit whatever you're into right now for you to get started on something else. Do not get started on anything if you don't understand the strategy. How do you get a strategy? Be coachable. Find somebody who's doing awesomely in that space that can teach you the principles, the strategies, the essence behind whatever you want to do and can help you save the time that you're trying to put in into whatever you believe. There are cheat codes. Understand that. You just want to get to the end of the funnel as quickly as possible. But the first thing you have to learn is be unique to yourself, make sure you have good intentions towards people and create real transformations. If you can do this and add the strategy, you'll be great. But I'm gonna take it further than that. I teach people in my Make More Value Offers five-day challenge, how to sell, how to find clarity, knowing those offers, and on this right now, if you click the link and join the waiting list, because I don't know when you're going to click this, you might join the next waiting list. If it's open, you can go on straight. But if it's not open, you can get that. I'm going to give a 30% discount just for you guys. <laughs> okay? So you're going to get 30% discount just by coming through her. If you have a specific question and you need clarity, go to Ask Ike. It's cheap. You know, I'll make it cheap for you. I would answer your question. And I'll put it out in the universe so they know it's from you, all right? On the video, I'll put it on my content. You could do that. But I want you to understand something. If you're in America, you don't have your credit straightened out, don't even think about business. You need credit to scale business. If you got a problem, click on my link for $1 on my Instagram also. You can know what your credit score is. And you could set up a free consultation where we can start talking about how to fix you. With that also, if you come from her... We'll give you a 30% discount just to get you straightened out. Because once you have the good credit, we can now start taking it to the business side. These things take time. It doesn't take 30 days, okay? If you're in Africa and you're trying to come to America, please don't come out here without a skill. The reason how I was able to stay afloat, deep waters, all the time that I was still trying to find an understanding of how things work, is because I had a, I have a hand skill. America loves hand skill. Know how to sew, know how to repair a car, know how to paint, know how to do something. Labor is expensive out here. 
They can pay you as much as $100 a day. If you're an African, you're listening to this, you know how big $100 is. That's probably what you earn in a month or biweekly. You can get that a day. So before coming out here, learn something that America needs. They love to pay. Like I literally pay $100 for my apartment to be clean. $100 in an hour. You see what I'm saying? So just because you know how to clean, that's how much money you stand to make. But you got to be in the right neighborhood. And lastly, for everybody, this is what I say to a lot of people. If I ever find myself broke, I'll go wash planes or wash boats. People ask me, what do you mean you go wash a yacht or wash a plane? I know it's owned by a millionaire. I know I know how to be a sponge. I know how to add value to these people. So I'm the guy who will go wash Mr. Ralph's boats because I know he loves his boat and he loves his car and he loves his plane. You know why? So I can be in close proximity with somebody that makes things work for him. That's the only way that I can stop this conversation to either influence people that he affects and that way I can get the little crumbs of blessing or I'm going to get so much wisdom from him that when I take it and I apply it in my own world, I can scale infinitely. I cannot close it out any better than that. You have already said how to find you, but to close this out, <laughs> give us your contact, your Instagram. What's the best way to contact you? And That's Ike Okogo. Listen, you can send me emails. I got VAs who respond to that and tell me, Mr. Ike, you have email? It might take me a longer time, but Instagram, I promise you, I might be slow at it, but in less than 24 hours, I can get uh, in touch with you. And um, that's it. That's it. And my Instagram is I-Y-K-E for Ike, Okogo at gmail.com. And don't worry, I don't have Tina as a friend. So if you're Tina, don't be scared. Ike and Tina is an American joke, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Like, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, listen, y'all, I hope you have enjoyed it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being <laughs> Thank here. You, I have Thank thoroughly you for having appreciated me. the lesson. And y'all going to see my life transformed just by this one conversation, y'all. So until next time, y'all know what to do. I will see you guys in the next episode, but be blessed. Take some notes. Replay and stay this. safe. And I'll check y'all later. Bye. <laughs>